Sorry, I have like a little bit of dry mouth because I <laughs> took a huge dab before you guys got on. Okay. Nice. I'm going to take an edible before we start this, but I have to go to work after this. <laughs> you also don't know when that's going to kick in. That could kick in halfway through. It could be in the middle of teaching one. class, and it's going to be like, boop, a big, oh, shit. Wait, yeah. you're a teacher? I'm a fitness instructor. Oh, okay. Hey, you know, I also, on top of my, I told you about my corporate formal or former life, but on the side, I also got, um, studied my... Uh, studying nutrition and wellness at the Institute of Integrative Nutrition and got finished my 200 hour hot yoga training. Um, so I, that kind of led me to my whole cannabis advocacy and how people are using it for recovery and things in sports now are changing, like in the NFL, I think, and mm -hmm. WWE, they used to be really strict about that. Yeah, I know. It's uh, I played professional baseball, and we got drug tested like almost weekly. And weed was one of them. And they didn't have an issue with alcohol, so we had a bunch of alcoholics on the team. But weed was yeah. the problem. That always rubbed me the wrong way. See, that's so ass backwards. Okay. Yeah. Our whole goal is to like take the stigma off of um, watching Bravo as like a dude. Like you can be a straight dude, and you can watch sports, and you can also watch Bravo. And if you talk about it, it doesn't make you a loser or like emasculate. <laughs> it's actually yes. like a tougher thing that I think, like I think you're more masculine if you can watch Bravo and be like, yeah, I watch Bravo, you got a fucking problem with it. <laughs> People function better when they're high. Hey baby gorgeous, welcome to Bravo and Blaze where we're gonna get lit off all the latest happenings going on in the Bravo TV world. This is a safe and uncensored space to discuss our love for everything 420. So grab your can of goodies and let's get lit. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Bravo and Blaze. I am your host, Jenny Blaze. And today we are graced with the presence of Steel and Shooter from the Brav Bros podcast. Hi, Steel and Shooter. Hey, Jenny. Good to be here. Thrilled. Yeah, thanks for having us on, Jenny. So for anyone completely new to Brav Bros such as myself. Can you tell us how this all came about? Because I was just scrolling through TikTok one day and I came across Brav Bros. And I was like, the first thing that went through my head was bra, like bra, bra, bra. <laughs> I don't know. I just like started thinking that and hearing that in my head. And I was like, are these guys straight dudes? And then I was like, wait, I got to go look because I... I've said this before on my show, I've had straight guys on my show and it like surprises me every time. And I know that probably says more about me than you guys, but can you just tell me the backstory? How do you guys even know each other? Were you podcasting before? Or did you just all of a sudden like say, Hey, we, we want to talk about Bravo. Like where did this So I'll start it out. Um, the way it happened for both of us is um, my fiance at the time, my now wife and Shooter's girlfriend at the time, now fiance, were both huge Bravo fans. And it was like peak pandemic. We had just quarantined and they were watching Bravo. And my wife was going like way back to like Vanderpump season one. Yes. And we were stuck in the house and I was kind of trying to um, ignore it. And just like, oh, what's going on on the TV? Like, you just hear crazy statements being thrown out. And the more you kind of hear in the background, you kind of start to tune in. And I'm hearing, you know, like the Jackson Stassi dramas going on. It's like mid 
um them try to figure out their shit and i'm hearing like what did he just say to her like you can't say that to people and then like what did she say back to him and then next thing you know i'm watching the episode and then i'm like fully invested and she's going to the store to get like our supplies for the week and i'm like knocking out like three episodes while she's gone and um that's how it started for me and then we kept kind of going through the catalog and I think I mentioned it to Shooter at one point and he kind of like, and I'll let him tell his story of it, but he was like, oh yeah, dude, like same, but he can get into his kind of background. No. Yeah. And, and Steele and I have known each other since high school. We, uh, we played baseball together in high school. We went to the same school and we were best friends back then. And it just kind of came about that we did this. Um, I mean, my background is not podcasting, neither is Steele's. We just decided to do this. Um, I mean, I still have a corporate job, so I do both, which is kind of fun. I call this my fun job. We call ourselves men of the night because we usually uh, will film at night. But uh, yeah, I mean, pretty much the same as Steel. Mine was a little more volatile. So maybe like Jersey was on and I would have to leave the room because I would hear them yelling at each other. And I'm like, I can't handle this. But then Beverly Hills would come on and be like, oh, that's interesting. They're a little more polarizing. And now I've completely flip-flopped after this season, obviously. But at the time, it was way more of like a ease-in process where I started watching a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And then Summer House came on and then Southern Charm came on. I'm like, I like these because I can relate to these people a little bit more than, you know, middle-aged housewives in Beverly Hills that are just spending money out, you know, all over the place. So Steele and I have talked about this before. We would go to parties and, you know, my fiance, his wife, a couple other friends would go upstairs. All the girls would be talking about Bravo. We'd be, you know, in a different room or outside somewhere playing cornhole. Somebody would bring up Bravo and then we'd all start talking about it. The guys would all start talking about it because we all watch it. But, you know, at the time it was like begrudgingly or, you know, uh, it was a it was a trade off. We watched the football game. So then we just started watching Bravo afterwards so that we can keep the keep the wives happy. But we all had opinions. So Steele was the first one. He was like, dude, I'm telling you, if we just do like a podcast. And everybody laughs at it, you know, when it, like everybody has that moment, you're, you're drinking out back for a little while or you're smoking or whatever. And somebody goes, dude, we got to start a podcast. And I mean, he worked on me for a couple of weeks. And then one day he was just like, let's just do it. Why not? And I think we both kind of came out of our comfort zone a little bit to talk about it, to get through it, especially a subject like this. Like we can talk at nauseum about sports and we do that with each other, but we don't do it on camera. And we feel like this is kind of a good good niche group and people want to hear our opinions apparently so it's really working out well for us but we're having a lot of fun with it the whole thing that we try to like drive home and kind of the reason that we started is like shooter said with those parties where we're sitting there talking shit about bravo a lot of people are doing it kind of like they're joking around about it they're not fully committing like yeah we watch bravo like yeah dude like you know how it is like the girls are watching bravo i just like peaked and like you can kind of hear that everyone's lying. Like, you know that they sit down and watch this shit. So our whole goal is to like take the stigma off of um, watching Bravo as like a dude. Like you can be a straight dude and you can watch sports and you can also watch Bravo. And if you talk about it, it doesn't make you a loser or like emasculine. (laughs) It's actually like a tougher thing that I think, like I think you're more masculine if you can watch Bravo and be like, yeah, I watch Bravo. You got a fucking problem with it. I'll beat your ass. <laughs> yeah, so we're, trying to, we're trying to take the stigma off of watching Bravo with the boys because it's it's really funny. We would sit there, you know, the week that we kind of finally locked in the idea of a podcast. We were sitting there texting back and forth. I think um, 
I think Southern Charm might have been on, but we're texting back and forth. And like, I'm laughing at the text. And my wife is like, what are you giggling at on your phone? And I'm like, oh, she <laughs> just said something funny about like Shep or something. And that's when, um, you know, we broached the topic one more time. I was like, dude, let's just do it. Like, fuck it. Like, brav bros, let's go. And he was like, all right, let's do it. Right. And the rest is like, you know, it's been an absolute whirlwind. Like, it took off like that. And we're just grateful and loving every second of it. I yep. love it so much because my instinct was to be like, what are these guys doing here? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the general theme, yeah. Yeah, but I always give everyone a chance. And I listened to like maybe one TikTok clip and I was like, they get it. I love it. Because (laughs) we care. Yeah, you care. I love it. Well, the thing for me with reality TV, because I myself was shamed for watching Bravo as well, even though I'm a female, you know, like my father actually was the one who used to talk shit to me all the time. And he would like, Mm But then I looked at it, I took a step back and I was like, he's one of the OG reality TV consumers. All those Judge Judy, People's Court, <laughs> he, watch, he watches them religiously, like every day. And I'm like, this is the same thing. And really it's like, when we when we watch it, first I like to be entertained by how ridiculous people can be. Cause like, let's be honest, no one's perfect. I make mistakes, I say stupid shit and it's, Funny sometimes, right? So, oh shoot, now I'm I'm having a sort of moment. But um, oh, I like that. (laughs) I like that we can watch and kind of analyze people's behavior from like a psychological psychological perspective and then sociological perspective, and then just from the show because you have each character cast member and then you have their dynamic within the group right and all the things that play in but on top of it with this community specifically we have social media expanding this like Mm -hmm. to me it would be the equivalent of a sports team and like the audience somehow is impacting what the players are doing like they're whispering in their ear like make sure you go tackle that guy or, you know, like something like that. That's kind of how I'm seeing it. Can you guys uh, kind of speak to how you look at reality TV, what you take from it? Yeah. No, I mean, it's funny that you kind of draw the comparison to sports because we do that all the time on our show. And one of the first things that we noticed when we started posting like our TikToks or our reels on Instagram, the first couple of videos that we put up there were really questioning Steele and I like are these guys straight what's their deal do they watch Bravo why don't they watch sports you know a couple of negative comments but really not as many as I would have thought and now it's gotten to the point where it's just a full-on like it's like a board of discussion about the show or about what's going on in the season Mm -hmm. and it's become so legitimate I mean we'll look at our our TikToks and we'll have like 500 comments and Mm -hmm. not one of them has anything to do with Steele and I it's just you know sometimes it's like these guys are spot on these guys are great but a lot of it is really just the community kind of interacting with each other, talking about the show. And that was the first thing that I looked at. I was like, wow, this is legit. Like people are very happy and people love this. And we talk about it. I mean, we follow Philadelphia sports and the fans are nuts with social media, Instagram, commenting on things, Mm -hmm. going off on players after they have a bad game. And you'll see the same thing happen in Bravo. Obviously it's not live. You know, it's like six, seven months ago. 
but you'll see the housewives, you'll see the cast members respond back. And it's always so funny to me because they are real people, much like yeah. athletes are. And I feel like the community, the communities between rabid sports fans and rabid Bravo fans are kind of the same. Yes. It's just different content. And it's really funny to watch. And once we realize that, like I've had so much more fun with it too. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And like, we, I actually call these, like the, um, our Bravo athletes a lot because, you know, you can draw so many parallels. Like they're constantly playing for a contract, like every single year they're on the chopping block. You got to put up some numbers or else you're off the show, which is very similar to sports. And like the inside drama, like everyone talking smack. We talked about it uh, two weeks ago, um, how the Bravo fans were going after Jax in his comments, like Garcelle's son, which was horrible. But if you look at sports and like professional athletes, like that shit happens all the time where mm-hmm. someone has a really bad game, especially like in the playoffs or something, people will find their family members and they'll comment on their wife's stuff. They'll comment yeah. on their kids' stuff. Like That's... we've seen this before yeah. in the sport world. So like when it popped off in Bravo, we're like, well, yeah, it's horrible and it's wrong and deplorable. We don't support it, but we've seen this in a different yeah. realm of sports. So People laughed actually in the beginning. Um, there's some comments where they like comment on the fact that we are using sports parallels and comparisons and kind of like mocking us for it. What? And now, just kind of like, you know, one person was like, um, saying, don't like, these guys watch sports? sports? Yeah. Like, stick yeah. to sports, this and that. One person was like, don't you guys watch sports? And then list it off chronologically, like football, <laughs> baseball, basketball, as if we don't know what sports That was are. my favorite comment. Yeah, me too. I guess it all should have been like, yes, cheerleading. That's my favorite yeah. one. Exactly. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and like, and that's when I had to pop off. I'm like, you know what? Yeah, I was a professional baseball player for like seven years. Like, does that count? Do I pass your test now? But beyond that, it just now when we draw the sports comparisons, people that don't even watch sports have commented and been like, I think it's really funny and makes a lot of sense when you compare these things to sports because they oh, are yeah. very similar. So like, these are my Bravo athletes and I love, I love watching the games. Like this league is nuts. It's just as crazy as like the NBA. So we're here for the drama. We love it. Oh my gosh. It's so funny that you said that because, well, I mentioned cheerleading as a sport because I was a cheerleader. I was an NCAA. Competitive cheerleading is crazy. It's awesome. I had black eyes from that and like torn hamstrings, tendonitis in my arms. Like we tumbled, we're throwing people in the air, all this stuff, but, Mm -hmm. um, Shoot, I'm having another stoner moment. What was I going to say? <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. So the Salt Lake City trailer came out and the new girl coming up to Jen Shaw, I had like this rush of energy go through my body that I don't think I've ever felt. And I try to explain this to my husband. Well, I was talking to the microphone, but I was imagining my husband and I was saying, this was like a rookie coming onto the court for the first time ever and slam dunking on LeBron James. Like mm-hmm. that is how epic it was for me, at least. And I have chills just thinking about it. <laughs> but that's the point. Like even that's a, it's such an easy comparison to make. You can say things in the sporting world and like people get it. Like even if you don't watch sports, you understand the metaphors. So for us, it's a win-win because we love sports. We love Bravo. We just put them together a lot and people tend to agree and it tends to resonate. So yeah. we got to yeah. on that. <laughs> well, I love what you guys are doing. So keep it up. 
What is your favorite Bravo show right now? Go ahead, Shooter. Uh, I'll start it off. Right now, I'm going to go with Southern Charm. It's kind of flip-flopped a little bit. It was Summer House when I started off, but I'm getting a little tired of you know the relationships within the house and the people who are coming in and out, questionable cast moves, apparently like Andrea, Luke, oh. other people are leaving. So like, Andrea leaving kind of kind of stung a little bit because I loved yeah. him for that season and a half with Winter House. But and going to BravoCon, like what is Bravo doing? Why they're like it's well, almost like they're trying to keep him on the side, like as a side mm-hmm. chick or something. I don't like that. Well, did he go? Is, I don't know if he, is he in Winter Winter House. Is What's he in Winterhouse? No. No, he's out completely. So uh, why is he going to? I don't understand. But and same with Reza and Gigi and MJ. Shaw's was Reza's canceled. Out. Oh was my god, I didn't know. Yeah, that. you didn't know Shaw's was canceled. No, but see, this is the thing. We're we're really good for the most part, but there's things yeah. that we that we fall short on, and then people call us out. And like in our first few episodes, we explain like, hey. We know a lot and we're continuing to learn a lot, lot. but we don't know everything. So like, well, I love that because I get to see your reaction. Like, yeah, it was very shocking to me. Right. I love. I'm baffled. I feel like this might've happened a while ago and now I feel stupid, but no, it just happened like early summer maybe, but even Reza, he went live and he was like, he was like, this is embarrassing. Why is Bravo having us go to BravoCon when we don't even have a show? Like, what are we going to do? Walk around That's and be, be like... all the questions. Yeah, all, every question is going to be like, so how do you feel about the getting canceled? How do you feel about not having a show anymore? Like, why would they want to answer that? I would decline the request unless I'm getting paid a lot to come over. Yeah. Then I have no shame. But, um, but yeah, no, I will say it is funny because like there are a lot of franchises that I haven't watched or Steel hasn't watched. Steel didn't watch Southern Charm before this season. I haven't watched Salt Lake, so we have kind of a couple of bits going back and forth on our show mm-hmm. where we talk about, like, somebody will ask, who do you think Shooter's favorite housewife is going to be on Salt Lake? And Steele will then have to answer, and he puts a lot of logic into it because, I mean, let's be honest, we've been doing this for, what, three months now? And we have a lot of takes, and we've kind of developed an idea of what the other person likes and looks for, so he really thought about it and it took about it was like a four or five minute long-winded explanation as to what I'm going to like and I I appreciated it so those things are pretty funny and I think that's going to do well for our audience because that's what they want to see they want to see us getting into these shows getting into maybe something that we haven't watched before getting out of our comfort zone and that's what we're here for so yeah um well to answer your original question I'll stick with Southern Charm and then I'll let Steele go ahead and take over mine and she already knows mine uh is Potomac like by far I love Housewives of Potomac. They're by I just like so funny, right? They're so good at talking shit first and foremost, and then on top of that, like the drama that pops off is always really good, really palpable. It's not too deep where you're like kind of uncomfortable watching yeah. it. But what they do better than most is they can resolve it and they can move on. Mm-hmm. Like it's not like we've seen with Beverly Hills this season where it's the same shit every single week with Potomac you'll have them have their feuds and like you know they don't like each other and they may not ever like each other like you have the Karen and um the god I'm blanking Karen and Giselle Giselle thank you Karen and Giselle they're always at odds however you'll have like random brief moments in the reunion where they're like no nah, but you get it and she's like yeah I get it and you yeah. get it but like we'll, we'll continue to do this forever because it's who we are 
there's like some underlying respect in Potomac, yeah. it seems like, mm-hmm. where their goal is not to just eviscerate the other one. It's yeah. just to like pause drama for entertainment and then move forward yes. and be okay with not being okay. And like, yeah, I'm here for all of that. And like, I love Karen. Like Karen Huger is like one of my favorite people to watch on TV because she's she seems like she's playing a character always. It doesn't seem like she's a real person. Yeah, exactly. There you go. To live. Like that's my favorite line from last season. <laughs> yeah. So I I'm I can't wait for Potomac to come out. Salt Lake yeah. is a close second. So like the fact that they're coming out now, especially after what we've all been through this season of Beverly Hills, it's been so hard. I'm nervous. I yeah. am too. So like to have these two on the back end of it to kind of like remind us why we even got involved in this. Like had I started my Bravo experience with this season of Beverly Hills, I don't know if we'd be making this podcast. Yeah. Like I would have a very different taste in my mouth. So I'm ready to get back to some like funny shit on TV. I'm ready to like watch my girls in Potomac. I'm ready to watch Salt Lake. Is Mary not coming back? Mary's Cosby. not coming back. That Salt Lake was my Salt Lake like revived me as a Bravo fan because I've been watching since before Housewives, like Queer Eye, uh, Project Runway Days, Flipping Out. I that's when I started watching. So it kind of got stale. I mean, they started over 15 years ago with um, OC. So over time, and like I've talked about this with some other people, like uh, Emily Hanks from She Speaks Bravo, like. Over the years, the franchises almost seem to become stale and they're trying to like replicate a formula for new franchises. It's like mm. they're trying to they're trying to make a bunch of Domino's pizzas when they're not really ready because their main headquarters is not s- solid at the moment. And it's like, stop replicating this everywhere. Just like have a brand, like a sports team. I like the idea of each city or each franchise being based around the city and having like some kind of, you know, the city almost being part of the cast as well. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and that's, and that's where I feel like we started watching Dubai in the beginning. That's where that fell short, where we knew that Dubai was going to be kind of the luster, like the city itself was mm-hmm. going to be the draw. And yeah. then the girls may fall short. Now Ion, I think is captivating, but I don't really see much else there. So really? we, I love we, it. Really? really? Wow, you're the first that we've talked to that really loved it. I know. I'm like one of the only people. <laughs> I love Ian. I, I mean, she's amazing. She's like everything I want in a housewife. She's extra camp. She's always, mm-hmm. you know, like extravagant. And you don't get that in everyday life. And that's what we want, right? Like you want to see things that are different. And I think I so. That. Yeah, I, I do think so. And and to kind of touch on what you're saying about like kind of just like replicating shows and doing this and that. I think what Bravo is going to start doing and Steele and I talk about this all the time, they're going to start trying to appeal to the younger generations. They're going to start kind of moving away from the older because let's be honest. I mean, something like summer house, I mean, they're getting into their thirties. They're getting in or their late thirties. They're getting engaged. They're almost 40. I think Kyle turned 40 to summer. Kyle's age. But like, I love Kyle, but I mean, you can only have, you know, huge themed parties in the Hamptons for yeah. so long. You're not going to be 50 years old and having themed parties. If you are, no. people might tune in because it's, you know, a little depressing. But it at that point, if you go on to something like Girlfriends in Paris that just came out, now Paris is a beautiful city. There's a lot of history there. So people are going to tune in just for the Paris aspect. 
But what they're doing is they're showing, you know, younger generations that are dating and they're using Tinder and they're kind of going back and forth with themselves and competing for guys, single girls competing with guys. And I think that's kind of what Bravo needs. They need to fill that void mm-hmm. where they kind of usher out the older generations. Now, obviously, housewives are going to remain. There's no question about that. But if they start shuffling in new characters and you know, younger faces, newer faces, that's going to appeal to more of the audience where, like you said, what we talk about all the time is it's more of the same, more of the same, more of the same. Mm-hmm. We're going to need to kind of get that new generation involved at some point. So that'll work out really well for us because, I mean, Steele and I, we both always talk about resonating with like the younger shows, the younger generations. And I think it's the future is still pretty bright for Bravo as long as they can figure out what they're doing. Yeah, we talked about it um, again. I think it was two weeks ago. It was just how important these franchises and these new shows that are coming out in the next few months and how important their success is to like the overall success of Bravo with, you know, the new Rony cast and with the Rony legacy cast potentially being a thing. Yeah, what is and, that? Uh, what do you guys think about that? That's so I hate it. I think it's so dumb. Yeah. I hate I, it. I have look, I always hold on to this like fake false hope. I'm like, I'm a serial optimist. I'm always assuming the best in everybody. I'm always assuming that things will work out. Like it has to work out because one, <laughs> like we just started it. this. We just started this podcast and we're doing really well and we want to make a run of this thing. Bravo needs to do well. So selfishly, yeah. like Bravo can't fucking hold. <laughs> but second, like with the Rony legacy, I think why I'm holding on to it is almost because I want to see some of the like OGs, some of the women that we love to watch in their prime when they were really funny and like when they were captivating and when they were doing the right things and saying the right things and making those iconic lines. I want to see them like, sail off into the sunset with some grace i want them to have a good final couple of years where like we remember like that's why we like dorinda at one point you know like that's why we like the way i'm like i need them to have this redemption moment from the last couple of seasons that we've seen because they deserve that they've given us enough entertainment you can have an off year we talk about it again here's the sports reference some Mm -hmm. guys you know if you have a bad season it's okay like yeah Mm -hmm. it's about how you bounce back you know you can't be mvp every year but you yeah. got to come back that next season with some grit. And like, that's, that's what we love here in Philly. We love that grit. I need my housewives with some grit. And with this legacy cast, I want some gritty redemption stories, like some Rocky moments where it's like, that's the, that's the woman I fell in love with. Yes, I agree with that. And like, this is, I guess, one difference between housewives and sports. Like I kind of want to see a mess to start with because I like to see the growth. I like to see them make mistakes, own it and grow and learn. And like that kind of healthy behavior is inspirational to me. And I think healthy for our world. I mean, we talked about the toxicity earlier and that really actually almost stopped me from entering this Bravo world. Cause I was like, I don't know if I can handle this. People are like sending death threats to each other and like, doxing each other I didn't even know what doxing was and apparently it's illegal so that made me feel like a little bit better but I was like who knows what these people are nuts and I just to combat that I've been trying to just you know lead by example and be as positive and optimistic like you so I said that don't worry I've got cynical shooter to bring me back down to earth so it's it's a good pairing yeah we have a pretty good balance with that yeah that's good. 
So, okay, what else? Who is your favorite Bravo lab? Oh, you take this one first. Yeah, oh, I was going to tell you to take this one first. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go, I'll go. Okay, uh, my favorite Bravo lab. I think I know your answer. Once well, you changed in last. What do you think Sandoval? 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 No, you're wrong. I like oh, Sandoval. That was a good guess. That is not true, like though. Sandoval. My favorite is honestly probably... I don't know if Akonski's not a main guy, but Frank Catania is my dude. I, I love watching that guy. I think he's just pure entertainment. I think he's like weirdly self-aware enough, like where I love the fact that him and Dolores is whole thing. They need their own show. Like Frank and Dolores need their own show just to like hang out with their family. Like anytime yes. all of them are on the screen, I'm in a good mood. Period. Yes. I love like it's such a weird, bizarre dynamic. That in any other realm, I would be like, that's fucking weird. But when I watch mm-hmm. them do it, this tape like makes total sense to me. And this is how everybody should be with their exes. Like it's just just be this like <laughs> loving, happy family. Like, look how happy they all are. And yeah, they're not gonna get back together because Frank has admitted, like, I can't be with one woman. Yeah. But Loris has like come to terms with it and like their kids have come to terms with it. It's just this bizarre yeah. modern family that I want more of. So I, I think my answer is just the Catania's, like overall together. Oh, that's a pretty good answer. Is that what you were going to guess, Shooter? No, no. I I guess Sandoval. Oh, yeah, Sandoval. Usually it's like favorite show, favorite person from the show is usually a a good bet, but it's okay, Steele. I'm going to go a little off the beaten path because she's not currently, I guess, signed to a full-time contract right now, but I love Phaedra. I think Phaedra, every time that she's on the screen, she's so much fun. She changes the element for everything. She was in Dubai. She was great in Dubai. I mean, Ultimate Girls Trip, I did not like at all, but I loved Phaedra. Oh, yeah. You can get on him about this shit, because I was baffled, (laughs) too. I loved it. I hated the Dorinda All of them or just the last one? No, no, just just the second one. Just the second one. The first one was good. What? That is ass backwards. (laughs) Thank you. This is how I feel. I feel like I'm going insane. I'm like, what fucking show have you been watching? I thought thought it was just a bunch of- all right fine i will i thought it was a bunch of desperate people aside from maybe phaedra and i don't know i guess you could throw a couple other people in there but i thought it was a lot of desperate people that were just pining for attention to get back on a show trying their hardest to be relatable and entertaining and then you had dorinda just running like a mad woman they should have never had it at her house it was crazy to think that she could be a good host and not just manipulate everybody and then piss everybody off like I get that that could be entertaining. And I tried to look at it that way because that's how Steele looked at it. And I just hated it. And I had to take my little takeaways of things that I liked. I love Phaedra. So I'm just going to take that away and move on from it. I literally, okay. So I agree with everything you're saying, but that's mm-hmm. the reason, those are the reasons I do love it and think it's so great. Well, love and hate are really uh, closely related, right? Yeah. So, and now I'm like, like, why do we, we agree, but you have a different perspective. And that's mm-hmm. another part of Housewives and Bravo and reality TV is that we're literally all watching the same exact thing. But everyone has different takes on it because of, you know, our own experiences. Yeah. So interesting. I yeah, See, I like that Dorinda was a host because Bluestone Manor was like another character, which goes back to me saying, you know, each franchise needs to have some kind of like 
brand or, you know, like the city needs to be almost an extension of the cast. Mm-hmm. So that you I agree have with that. like something solid to always lean on. Like the cast comes and goes like sports mm-hmm. teams, they're trading people all the time or like someone gets injured or whatever. Like you got to replace those people. So, and as they age or things happen, you know, you might want a younger cast, which by the way, I don't want to be ageist. So I just want to say that I think housewives can still be older women. I don't care if they're like mama Elsa age. Like I just want to see successful, ambitious, like inspirational women who are not scamming people. Yeah. (laughs) You have to throw that caveat in there. (laughs) Yeah. Cause then I, then I would love it. I don't care how old they are. I just want to know like, wow, you really like live this life on yachts and Mm -hmm. planes and all that. I agree. And I think that that's maybe one thing that they've gotten away from. And that's kind of why when we watched real girlfriends in Paris, like there was a lot of things that were just refreshing there because it just, I think the underlying factor was that it reminded us of some of the earlier seasons of real housewife shows, because they're highlighting the stuff that we want to know where they're highlighting what, what are they doing for their jobs? How do they make money? Like, where do they live? Who do they live near? What's their little circle look like? What's their little, where do they go shopping? Like for food, like just the little in and out of their life that we had completely gotten away from in like Beverly Hills, for example, like it's all about just the drama and the hate and like all of the crazy battles we're having between the women. And I want to see the lavish lifestyle like Dubai for us like why we say it fell short is because they highlighted the lavish lifestyle of like the city overall like we're supposed to be so what do you mean they had twelve hundred dollar ice cubes that's like my new standard now yeah that's not a thing and they made that clear in the the (laughs) room where it's like no we don't do that she just did that like she even admits that she has but I like that I like that too. That's funny, but they didn't do that much of that kind of stuff. It was still more, I felt like surrounding just drama and I need to see the ins and outs of their lives. I need to see like the lavish living in a fun way, not in a, in a dramatic way. Like I like to get to know the women and their actual circles before they're presented to the group larger as a whole, because it gives you more of an idea of who you're going to stand with, who you're going to side with. And like, that's the great thing about Bravo is like you said, we all watch the same show and we all resonate with different people. Shooter and I have been best friends for 16 years and we very rarely agree. Like I sometimes feel like I'm insane because I'm like, did you see that? He goes, yeah, that's great. I'm like, that's not great. That's bullshit. Like there's always butting heads, but to get that, that sense of feeling close to one of these characters I want to know about them more I want to see their life and they're getting away from showing you just the day-to-day life stuff because I think that they are assuming that we want to just see 45 minutes of bad mouthing and drama and just over-the-top fights and we don't we want to see one every now and then absolutely give me Teresa doing something at somebody in a restaurant all day every day but don't make it 45 minutes building up to that and then you see it. And then the next week, we're still talking about it. I need some turnover. I need some fun stuff, some happy stuff. It's got, I need to be on this roller coaster of happy and sad, not just bummed out for 45. Yeah. Yeah. And that so, makes a lot of sense because if you get that backstory of each individual person and their dynamic within the group, it means more when that drama pops off. When it's yeah. just drama all the time, it's just, all right, there's still it's ill awesome. feeling from the last time that we argued. There's still this and that. There's un, you know, unresolved issues all over the place. 
But yeah. if you see them be happy and then you see them in their home lives and they're happy, when that person gets crushed by somebody else, you kind of feel for that. So yeah. the emotions aren't really there when it's just arguing all the time and yeah. being petty. And it's just kind of annoying. And, and like Seal said, we see that with Beverly Hills pretty much this entire season. So if they can get away with that, and I think a fresh start with a new show, maybe they get a new Housewife franchise. I'll ask you, Jenny, if you think that maybe they'll do another city, but I don't know like what other cities they could really do that would be appealing, at least in, in the United States. Yeah, I hate to say this, but the U.S. is kind of boring. I would mm -hmm. love to see Housewife franchises like in Asia. I would love to see like filthy, rich Asian women just like doing crazy shit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I no, know I, they're I out there and Europeans too. Africa. See. Actually, there is a... um young rich and famous in africa or something which is on netflix oh. and i've been wanting to watch which i heard exactly. is really good I saw that. yeah i saw a preview for that see i'm on the other end i'm the the opposite end of the spectrum and we've made this joke in the past i won't like a real housewives of philly but it's like south philly or like the northeast and like these are neighborhoods out here and just like real philly people that don't yeah. live in like luxurious homes but just like they live in no homes downtown and they love the birds like there's huge eagles fans like they go to the italian market and like you just get that insight i think that like real housewives of philly but like real housewives of philly would be hysterical i think that would be gold I so i'm on the other end i want to see like just the day-to-day -day that a family that owns a deli downtown and then like the other one like works at like the philly stadium like that that's good tv yeah so for me, like what you're describing, because you were talking about seeing people like their every day, like how they get food and stuff like that. And that made me think of like early VPR and like Candy right. and the gang. Like we have been seeing, we literally saw the cast of VPR like grow as people and like just with their relationships and financially and their careers. So like I see those types of shows as almost a different category, like below deck or something like yeah. mm -hmm. it's the younger, like seeing the, you know, like more like of the struggle, the everyday struggle. And then housewives, I see more as like opulence, like the other side of living that is you right. know, hard to attain. And, you know, what's happening over there? Like, I don't know. I see kind of a Different. I agree. I think that's a really good way to put it. Like, and we've talked about subcategories before. I think it's hard to compare a Vanderpump rules with a Real Housewives franchise because they mm -hmm. are vastly different. It's a different dynamic. It's a different setup. And that is the allure of Housewives. It is to see like, it's like a peek behind the curtain, right? It's like, yeah, we're all probably never going to live like this. So let's see how they do it. So yeah, I yeah. agree with I think that was the original intent too with um, Orange County because I remember the beginning they showed like the gates opening and they said something mm -hmm. like, you know, see behind the gates or whatever. Right. And I think it was supposed to be kind of like an homage to uh, the lifestyles of the rich and famous or something, mm -hmm. but with, yeah. you know, the women drama on top of it. But it's interesting how this has all evolved. And I have a question for you guys. You guys talk about um, Beverly Hills a lot. And I hate Beverly Hills because how toxic it is. I think Beverly Hills is worse than Jersey, but with Beverly Hills, it's like a unique kind of toxicity because the integration with social media is just like, it's too much to the point where it almost should be online or virtual or like interactive, or I feel like maybe Bravo needs to come up with some boundaries because it's like a mess. I don't know. I don't like it. 
Do you no, have I do thoughts think, on that? Yeah, I do think that Beverly Hills is the biggest like offender of going overboard on social media after the fact, because like you said, it, it should almost be interactive. Like these episodes should be live because otherwise yeah. it gives them too much time to figure out. And we talked about it last week because we found out that Diana donated $100,000 to the Lion Air Fund, which didn't exist in the first place. She created a Lion Air Fund. And it was all just to make herself look good before the episode on Wednesday night aired. Like they yeah. shouldn't be able to do that. Or yeah. there's a new one that Steele and I actually, we just missed the window, but Rinna posting um, oh, a yeah. screenshot of the text message with Kathy. Like she's yeah. doing that now to get ahead of whatever's going to happen on Wednesday. So she can remove herself because we all knew that Kathy eventually says something stupid that yeah. gets her potentially canceled or written off or whatever. And Rin is removing herself from it now. So now, I mean, when those things happen, I ask myself, well, what is Rinna going to do in this next episode that she feels that she needs to get ahead of this? So now I'm going to be on the lookout for that or mm -hmm. the thing with Jack or, you know, they go at each other on social media and they, they're very petty, but you don't see that with the other housewives. They do it yeah. face to face. They, you yeah. know, we hear, we feel and I talk about it and we refer to it as the off season to make another sports comparison. And we talk about Jersey with Melissa and Joe between Teresa and Louie and them just kind of all falling apart. And we hear about it, but we don't see anything really on social media. Joe's yeah. not cursing Teresa out because she posted pictures on Instagram. So if Beverly Hills could move away from that, it would be better. But you're right. I mean, the toxicity in that show as it is, is hard to watch. So Steele yeah. and I talked about it. We, we started a podcast like two weeks too late. I would have much rather just done Atlanta and you know, kind of had Beverly Hills just in the background. But yep. we started two weeks after Atlanta started and then jumped on the Beverly Hills because we thought it was going to be good. And I mean, it's been okay for us, like content wise, but we're talking about the same things at this point and it's just kind of getting boring. So hopefully it's over soon and so we can just move on. I know, well, I know. Also, the good part about podcasting, I feel like, is we can just do whatever we want. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's a good yeah. point. We do that all the time. For now, where we're like, we're doing one main like we pick one franchise and that's our main focus for like the extent of the season and then the intro and like first half of the episode we touch on like southern charm and like the goings on at bravo but we try to save the end to keep some continuity i guess like these are the beverly hills episodes and then coming up next we'll like our next round is potomac is going to take the center stage and then so on and so forth. For now, that's our format. If that changes in the future, which it very well might, like who knows where this is going to go. But um, yeah, we we totally whiffed because Atlanta, I guess, had a really good season and Beverly Hills has been like, it's literally been hard to watch every week. And then we talk about it and I feel like we're just repeating ourselves at this point. And that's also a pain mm -hmm. in the ass. So we may change the format, but for now, yeah, we're, we focus on one franchise as our like main event every week, if you will. Did you guys get blocked by Rena? Not yet. No, I don't think so. She definitely, she definitely quoted either me or Steele at one point because I called her. I think I called her a crybaby and that she was using her, um, her emotions as a crutch, or rather, her grief as a crutch. And she came out on Instagram Live like a week later, and my fiance pointed this out to me, and she said, "I think Rena just quoted you <laughs> without like actually giving you credit." And I looked, listened to it, and it was exactly what I said to the T. I'm like, you know what? Yeah, and, you know, there could be a coincidence in there, and maybe a lot of people are calling her crybaby, but it was funny to see that. We haven't gotten blocked yet, so I don't know. So we'll this, right. is, this is my validation of how toxic Beverly Hills is. 
I don't even really talk about it. If I make a meme about it, it's not even about the show. It's like mm-hmm. taking a line and like relating it back to my life or something. But I don't even really, I try to stay away from it because I really don't like it. I don't even look at people's like tweets and stuff like that. So then last week when Rena started blocking everyone, I was like, wow, what's going on? She's like spiraling or whatever. And then- I looked and she blocked me and I've like never talked to her before in my life, never <laughs> talked to her or about her or like commented on her post or even like tagged her at anything, literally nothing. And I was like, here you go. Proof that if you're, not getting, so hate, if you're not getting hate, you're not doing it right. It's like my, <laughs> my wife says, uh, hating bitches ain't happy and happy bitches ain't hating. So I <laughs> It's just words to live by when it comes to the Bravo world. Put that oh on a shirt. God. That is hilarious. Yeah, Bravo's merch. Yeah. You're going to have to give all proceeds to your wife, though. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> no she deserves it. Well, before I let you go, I just want to make sure I remind everyone to go check out the Bravo's podcast and follow them on all social social media meads i don't know what i'm saying social meads baby <laughs> also social meads social meads that's my new thing um uh, but thank you so much for being here bros well, happy thank you for having us